Good morning, New Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church, a place where love abides. Pastor Dontel Halls is our senior pastor. I'm your host for the Sunday School Hour, Reverend Bill Riley. Today's lesson is found in the Union Gospel Press. The title is Gideon's Defeats the Midianites. The last time we were together, uh, we discussed um, the call of Gideon. After God called Gideon, Gideon um, was not sure of himself, and so um, God had to reassure him of the things that God had called him to do. After God and Gideon gathered together, um, Gideon um, sets up an altar and he worshiped God um, and he gave the name Jehovah Shalom, which is the Lord is our peace. What confidence that we receive from God after he speaks with us. Gideon was so confident that he began to tear down the altars of Baal in his own hometown. Particularly, his father had an idol as well. The men of the city wanted to destroy Gideon, but his father spoke up for him. If Baal was truly a god, the father argued, let him fight his own battles. The only thing that happened was that Gideon won a new nickname. Jerubel, which means let Bell fight him. I guess his father's point was is that the townsmen ought not to fight for Bell, but let Bell fight for himself. In Judges chapter 7, uh, we look at verse 9, it says, And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Arise, get thee down unto the host, for I have delivered it unto thy hand. Verse 10 says, but if thou fear to go down, go thou with furrow, or better pronunciation, poor. I had a difficult time trying to find who and what this person name means and who he was. The only information we're given is the fact that he is Gideon's servant who accompanied him in a reconnaissance of the Midianite camp. And one of the things that I discovered is that his name in the new, in the King James Version is spelt differently in order to find who he was. The correct spelling is P-U-R-A-H. In verse 10 it says, But if thou fear to go down, go thou with Pura, the servant, down to the host. In verse 11 it says, And thou shalt hear what they say, and after shall thy hands be strengthened to go down unto the host. Then went he down with Pura, his servant, unto the outside of the armed men camp. They were, or they went. Verse 12 says, And the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east, probably um, Edom, laid aside in the valley like grasshoppers for multitudes, and their camels were without number, as the sand by the seaside for multitude. Uh, just to roughly give you uh, a figure of how many uh, it was, 
It was about 135,000 men, 135,000 enemies. They are labeled grasshoppers because they would swoop down from the hills into Israel and take up all the crop um, and slaughter um, some of the cattle and um, leave Israel barren um, for them to feed off of. To get a better description of this uh, military tactic that they use, you will probably read the book of Obadiah, chapter 1. But by the way, there's only one chapter. In verse 13, it says, And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow and said, Behold, I dreamed a dream, and lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian and came into a tent and smote it, that it fell and overturned it, that the tent laid alone. In verse 14, his fellow answered and said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. For into his hands have God delivered Midian and all the hosts. And by the way, Gideon and his servant was listening um, on a reconnaissance um, to what was going on, the conversation going on in Midian. In verse 13, it says, a barley bread tumbled in uh, into Midian and struck a tent and took it out. And this was the dream. I oftentimes try to imagine um, what these dreams look like in my own imagination. And the only thing that I can come up with is um, the, the scene in the story Ghostbusters when they were fighting the ghosts and one of the um, giant ghosts had overtaken a, a giant Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, I'm sorry, that's a billism. But a barley bread is what usually the poor people would eat. So um, this symbolic of this giant biscuit that came inside the camp was uh, a poor man's meal. The rich folk ate wheat. Um, the poor people ate barley. Now notice that God had told Gideon to go down and do this reconnaissance. And at the same time, um, there was a Midianite soldier who had this dream. And then there was a dream interpreter there. And it's interesting to know that when God gives you something or when God is for you, um, God begins to reassure you of some things um, that you are may or you may be fearful of. The title of the story is Gideon's defeat defeats the Midianites. I want to change the story. The story is really about fear versus faith verse and facts versus truth. Why do I say fear versus faith is because the character defect of Gideon. Gideon was found inside a wine press, which was probably a little cave. And inside the wine press, you would uh, make uh, wine. But in order to what he was doing, he was sifting his wheat. In order to sift wheat, you would have to use a pitchfork to throw your wheat up in the air. And so that the air would separate the, the chaff from the kernel. And so the kernel would fall down and the wind would blow the chaff away, 
those that are the chaff is what you didn't eat but what the kernel was you did grind up to make uh, your bread your flour and so forth what is fear fear is false evidence appearing real and what is faith faith is forsaking all I trust him and so as you look and as you look and study this 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 story you begin to see some of the kernels or the nuggets inside the story, which leads me to believe that the name of the story should be fear versus faith. But um, God is the kind of God and what he does throughout the Bible and throughout this world today is that he usually fight your battles for you and give you the credit. Yolanda Adams, the battle was not yours, but is the Lord. And what else would make me think that this story would be fear versus faith? Well, I'm going to tell you, uh, I don't know much about math, but I can tell you if there's 135,000 enemies and Gideon was able to muster up 32,000 uh, enemies and you do the math. So that would be 103,000 um, out, out man. In other words, to the advantage, we would be 103,000 more of the enemy than what we had. God called Gideon to be the leader of his people. Gideon commanded an army of 32,000 soldiers. They camped on a hill ready to battle the Midianite army of 120,000 men. Or one, I, I counted 135 and other commentaries. God told Gideon, you have too many soldiers. Send any who are afraid home. There it is, fear. Gideon obeyed and 20,000 men left. Uh, the, odds are getting, the odds are getting even worse. God did not want anyone to say that Gideon's great army won the battle. Yolanda Adams. God told Gideon that he still had too many soldiers. Per God's instructions, he had 300 uh, left God told Gideon what to do. Okay, here's where the story gets very interesting. God told Gideon what to do. The Amidianites had a dream that a barley loaf came into the camp and took out a tent. The interpreter said that the sword of Gideon is coming to defeat us. The sword. Well, what's the symbol of the sword in uh, in the Bible, the sword is the word of God. And as you uh, as you look and as you uh, observe the story, you'll see that these this conversation, these instructions that God has given Gideon after he called him, Gideon began to follow God's instructions for the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of the soul and spirit, the joint and marrow, even the intent of the heart. Hebrews 4, 12. 2 Timothy 3, uh, 16 and 17 says, for the word of God, I'm sorry, um, all scripture is given by the is given by God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instructions that the man of God or the woman of God might be thoroughly furnished and equipped for all good works. 
2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself, approve unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. God told Gideon, divide the men into three groups and gave each man a trumpet and a torch hidden in a jar. God's army spread it out around the sleeping Midianites. On Gideon's signal, they blew the trumpet, shouted, and broke the pitchers. The Midianites were so confused that they began fighting one another until their armies was destroyed. Wow, what a military strategy. I would suggest to you today, uh, if you're not hearing from God, don't try this on your own. So what Gideon ended up with was 300 men, right? Okay, they're still outnumbered. But the, the interesting thing about what um, they fought with was the fact that they had a trumpet, they had a trumpet, they had a torch, and they had a clay jar. A trumpet would, would probably be uh, a ram's horn, and um, a torch would probably be um, a fire on a stick, and uh, a container of clay would have been their jar. And where have we seen um, the trumpet being used in battle before is typically we've seen that in Joshua when they first took over Jericho. Also, the torch is a symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Um, it would probably would have been a reflection of the shadows of the 300 men, which made them um, seemed like there were more than um, there were and then the clay jar the sound of the jar breaking would have been a uh, startling um, To the Midianites. I don't know how God did it. Uh, all I know is this is what the word says I believe it and it was probably something spectacular um, But it's always good to watch it on TV than to be here yourself I Sound like Gideon, huh? Back to Gideon. Gideon's character um, was very fearful and timid. It would says it would says something like this: Gideon had begun to experience God's protection and to sense His Spirit stirred within him. And yet, like us, at times Gideon needed reassurance. Gideon begged the Lord to give the reassurance by putting out a fleece at night, asking that there be dew on it in the morning when the morning came the dew was there god proved to him that he had called him and then gideon once again asked god don't be angry with me he wanted the dew on the ground to be dry and again god dried the ground and here's where our faith comes at because faith is forsaking all i trust in him but in hebrews 11 1 it says now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen and my key verse of that is verse three. It says, uh, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. Unpacking that, <clears throat> you look at fear versus faith. Fear is the false evidence appearing real. And sometimes our challenges is the fact that the numbers is 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 climbing on this coronavirus and so it's still keeping us in a fearful state however 
um, we need to understand that we first need to be obedient to the laws of the land, number one. But most importantly, we need to hear from God. Um, and here's where I say that facts versus truth. The simple fact is, is that, yes, the facts do say that the numbers are climbing. But the truth of the matter is the fact that God will never leave you nor forsake you. And the three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow withal. And they cried the sword of the Lord of Gideon. And they stood every man in his place around about the camp and all the hosts ran and cried and fled. And, and when God told uh, Moses when Pharaoh was chasing him, he says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. There you have it. That's all I have for you today. Yeah, Gideon defeats the Midianites, but really it's God's um, defeat of the Midianites. All Gideon had to do was to be obedient to God, and then God will give Gideon the, the credit for the battle. That's it. That's all I have for you today. Let's look at some practical points. Today's aim is the fact to set to accept that God is able to use anyone who is willing to be faithful and obedient to him. The principle is to learn that the weakest person who trusts and obeys the Lord is stronger than the mightiest person who trusts in himself. The application is to know that even when we do not understand what God is doing, it is important to always trust him. Practical point number one, we can be confident in obeying God's commands because they are both for our good and for his glory. And number two, God will strengthen our faith during our time of testing as we rely on him. There you have it. Forsaken all, I trust him. <laughs>